0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. We are back once again for episode 16 of Grey Wolf Footy. It's Fitchy here joined down the line once again by my bad man, Matt Grace. How are you going, my friend? Yeah, pretty good. Can't play. I'm still alive. uh, Well, that's always a bonus. Living in Victoria, nothing's ever a certainty, I suppose, this day and age. But uh, we're getting right to the end of the footy season now, Gracie. Things are heating up. Of course, we've got to talk about... The, uh, the, the huge matchups this week we had in the Grey Wolf League and you know what let's kick things off with that Gracie I want to talk a bit of Supercoach as we're sort of getting to the business end right at the business end of the season It's uh, it's, uh, it's got, a, got a few tough matchups this week we've got uh, Jono taking on our boy Arthur in the first uh, I guess you call it a prelim final and in the other one Boners, who managed to knock me off is taking on Tyler or Scott Gobbleton. I love that team name. Uh, any predictions for these two matchups, Gracie? Jeez, our our boy Bonus has just knocked off the two uh
1: the two hosts. So looks like we might have a new host the next year, fifty, I reckon.
0: <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think he's welcome any time.
1: <laughs> but no, I think uh, I think we, we did lodge an investigation into uh, into Tyler and and uh, maybe a bit of uh, bit of conspiracy there, but I think his side's so pretty strong. Sure so I think he should uh, should beat Boners. And um, I'm going to be honest, Fitzy, I hope John O'Carroll doesn't win because um, we'll hear about it for few years. But now um, he's got a fairly fairly side. A few uh, a few questionable trades that we discussed with him. That uh, look, you know, might pay off for him. We'll wait and wait and see, won't we, um, Yeah, And yeah. I mean a couple of interesting matches, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, it's good to see that it's been a very strong league in its first year.
0: So it's only going to get stronger and stronger. Yeah, exactly. Well, of course we'll be back for next year. We might even have to run a couple of leagues if it sort of picks up. And obviously this year we've been, you know, navigating all these super coach changes, and it is kind of hard that we've had, you know a couple of uh, finals during bye weeks which has obviously never happened before so all of that effort you put into during the season to pick up the right players just for them to have a bye you know right now during the year which uh, sort of caught me off guard well, not off guard but that sort of was Probably what unhinged me a little bit, having three players out on the weekend didn't really help. When you know you've got to battle a few ordinary rookie scores, but uh, anyway, it is it is interesting, Gracie. It's uh, it's been a good season, I think, and we've learned a lot from it. And what we might even do, uh, perhaps next week, we'll do a bit of a grand final preview and maybe a bit of a review of the season as a whole, and maybe a couple of things to look up or look look forward to for next season. I'm not sure if you caught the article. I believe the Herald Sun put up that uh, there's a bit of speculation that Nat Fife might be a forward mid next year. Oh, that will be uh, that will be very very tasty. So,
1: because uh, no doubt we'll lose Lockie Whitfield as a uh, as a forward mid, and probably Dusty, I'd imagine. Maybe um, Danger, I think maybe back to the forward mid. 50 I reckon. Um, yep. He's uh, he's played a lot more up forward this year than he has mid. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back as a forward
0: mid as well. So. Yeah. Danger first two forwards would be pretty handy. You'd be bloody set, wouldn't you? And the other one is apparently Rowan Marshall, looking like he should gain his forward eligibility, which makes sense. Paddy Ryder was this season. And I've actually read as well that Lockie Winfield may return as a full-time defender in a super Coach sense as well, which would be interesting. And, of course, he'd be your first pick. But we'll talk a bit more about that next week. I think, Gracie, we'll do a grand final preview and we'll go over a few things for next season. But let's talk a bit of footy, of course, by the time this comes out. The game last night, uh, would have completed and we've had a result St Kilda taking on West Coast and Gray in terms of uh, finals action, this is a crunch game for both teams Yeah, well
1: West Coast really dropped the ball last week, 50 um, losing that game to the Dogs, probably stopped them from finishing top four now unless um, one of the teams above them uh, slip up, which could happen, but it's unlikely. Uh, and then um, obviously the Saints are just uh, winning the games 50, they um, just just got over the line against you know, um, the Hawks last week, but mine is still uh, West Coast are a lot stronger side. I mean, you look at the teams that are, that uh, that were announced, and um, I think the uh, the coasters or coasters should have uh, should easily deal with the Saints on that one.
0: Yeah, I agree, and we're pretty bullish on the Saints here. That great of people probably picked up over the years, so I think I'll stick with West Coast as well, but. Yeah, St. Kilda still want to make a statement. This is a good game to do it in with an underhand West Coast side, you could say, but their depth depth is outstanding. But we'll move on to the Friday night or the game tonight, Gracie. This is going to be a good one, actually. Geelong, your boys taking on Richmond. Well, I mean, we've got two guys or two teams, sorry, fighting for maybe not top spot, but a top four spot. Can the Cats get it done?
1: Yeah, it's going to be a good game. I'm, uh, I don't know, I'm 50-50 on as hell and um, I think this will this is uh, for me I think at, the, at you know this point in time I think this is the possibly the grand final match or grand final preview uh, I think West Coast um, and I, I was watching uh, I think after the game against the, the Geelong game on the weekend against Essay and they they were looking at West Coast and West Coast up in Brisbane this year have or up in Queensland have only won three games and the only wow. times that winners when they've gone back to Perth so um, I think you know you could almost almost put a line through them, um, you know they will get some players back but yeah this will definitely be a grand final preview for mine and and being a Geelong supporter I think if, if we were to get blown away I'd be very concerned and I think Richmond would be the front runner but even if we, if we were to lose by a couple of goals I'm not too worried, you know we've got Gaz, Gaz to come back into that forward line yet um, you know, I um, Couple of guys to, to even slot back in like there's there's probably twenty five to thirty blokes that are going to be fighting for, for twenty two spots come uh, come the finals so um, yeah I'm, I'm confident but I'm not yeah I wouldn't be disappointed if we you know lost by a couple of goals so,
0: yeah it's, uh, it's you wouldn't say it's a danger game but the thing with this game is if, if West Coast wins last night and Richmond lose all of a sudden Richmond drops out of the top four so this is a huge game for them and of course two of the as he said premiership favourites two of the former teams of the competition at the moment so very, well, very well could be a at- grand final preview to tell you what well, that'd be a cracking grand final to watch too so I'll stick with your boys I reckon John should be able to get it done but let's move through to the Saturday games and uh, a few interesting ones there's a few interesting matchups this week actually but the first one we can only skim over really is North Melbourne taking on Fremantle uh, that's probably not too much to say here Gracie yeah
1: it's uh, the interesting game it's um, probably oh, I guess guys are going to be playing for their for their futures um, especially a few at North Melbourne and even at Frio there's going to be some dives that are that are going to need make a statement these last couple of games. So, you know, free have been uh, been quite good. Um, you know, obviously they're a very young side. We've seen some um, some youngsters really, um, you know, come come to the fore. Issue, you know, Brayshaw's taken the next step. 50. Um Caleb Saron's another one. I mean, has got Fife there. They're always going to be a danger with Fife in the side. And Jesse Hogan come back has come back into the side too. So. You know, you you slot those, and we said it last week, or said it for the past probably three or four weeks, that, you know, they've got two or three of their best defenders out injured, um, slot Mm -hmm. them back in, and then all of a sudden Luke Ryan becomes your, you know, your your sweeper that he's always, you know, been good at, and just releases the pressure a little bit, and, you know, even Sean Darcy and the Rucks really, uh, really stepped up. So, I'm interested to see the the matchup between Goldstein and Darcy this week, because, Mm. It's proved to have a lot, and obviously Goldstein's one of the premier rucks in the competition. So um, I think uh, I think whoever wins the ruck the ruck duel and, and the clearances might win this one.
0: Yeah, it's going to be that's where it's going to start right in the middle there, and two two midfields that should go toe to toe quite easily. Uh, our problem's going to be if Fife goes forward. I just don't think there's anyone who can who can sort of stay with him. And Luke McDonald will probably try, but I just think we're we're going to be uh, just too too many men short to to be taking on the likes of him but it's an interesting start with North Melbourne I think was it last week maybe the week before we were one of the teams that had the most uh, number of games in terms of injured players as a total so there's a lot of like coming through for North but probably two teams very in a very similar position but our sort of worry right now is if we lose the last couple of games and Adelaide wins one or two more. We may end up with the uh, with the wooden spoon and the priority pick, which maybe isn't such a bad thing. But um, should be a good yeah. game. Hopefully, hopefully North Melbourne get some confidence out. But uh, you know, Dockers have been playing some good footy as well. But move on to the second game here, Grace. You know, I want to hear your thoughts on the Bombers, but it's uh, of course Essendon taking on Port Adelaide, and you would fully expect Port to continue their amazing form at home at Adelaide Oval. What happened to Essendon last week? They were absolutely terrible. Yeah, they were. They were. They were awful
1: that first half. You know, watching it even the first quarter I thought, you know, we'll be getting for a bit of a fight here, but when sorta, of, you know, just kept seeing goal after goal after goal. Um, and even to see, um, I don't know if you've seen it at 50, there was a vision of them at half time when the sign when they're all and they're all laughing and they were the score was seventy five to sixteen. Like I yeah. just don't know if the culture is down at that club at the moment and you know, I think ever since the obviously the, the, the starter and everything that the club's you know, it has lost its identity, and even Matty Lloyd, uh, you know, a, a diehard, you know, Essendon man, has said he can't watch the Bombers anymore. There's just no, no identity. You know, they've got no direction, or anything like that. Like for a team that has, you know, on paper they have quite a quality team, and um, you know, obviously some injuries have hurt, but every team's got injuries, and you know, to lose or to show that first half performance is pretty ordinary for of mine and, and you know I think um, you know, obviously they've gone heavily after guys like Dylan Shear and you know Devin Smith yes. as well and you know they're fighting tooth and they have to keep Joe Danaher. If, if Joe Danaher leaves I don't know where Essendon's going to go because you know it shows that even though he um, he's a he's a very impact player but he, he can win them games and you know you've got a big key forward up there that can do that like you you've got to try and everything you can to keep him that Yeah, I'm a bit worried about the old Bombers 50. I think um, Port Port should win relatively easy on this one. Essendon, they need to show something the last
0: couple of weeks. Otherwise, it's going to be a very interesting off-season, I think, so... Yeah, it's true. It's, um, and you, you, you say teams that need to show something, and you look at all the sides around them, like Carlton's shown something, the Bulldogs have, Fremantle definitely have, the Gold Coast Suns have, but what they're going to show is the big question. And then you mentioned there the injuries, but they're almost back to a full, almost a full strength lineup at this point, aren't they? And their depth isn't too bad, but there's just, they're just playing without heart. There's just something that's not quite right with the Bombers and some of their performances over the last month have just been pretty ordinary and that's putting it uh, very politely, I guess. And I did see Matthew Lloyd talking about the team there. And Do you think it the buck stops with John fault? Is he maybe not the right guy? I know that Rut- Ruttons taking over at the end of this season, but was he maybe not the right guy to, to sort of coach them for the last five or six years? Maybe he should have stepped aside a bit earlier on. I don't know
1: it's hard because you know he's obviously he took the reins after Bob and Thompson and um, and that and you know it's it's he had a very difficult job to bring the club back to where it had come from, Fitzy, with you know the start, um stuff. So it's um, yeah, it's, Westfold's well, a good coach, but I just yeah I, I don't know their game plans. Interesting, it's, it doesn't seem to be there sometimes, but then. You know, we said at the start of, earlier on in the season they played a brandy against Collingwood that they absolutely dominated Collingwood, who were the form team in the comp at that mm. day. So, um I just don't know what 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 it is. Whether it's a culture thing, which it seems like it might be. So, but um, yeah, they got got some issues. So they a lot more issues than um, you know than probably the Crows do at the moment. To be honest, the Crows are obviously put back back to back wins together and. Um, you know they've got these young kids coming through we, we said at the start of the year the Crows are in a lot of trouble but they've probably come a long way um, this season yep. um, of mine and they've probably come a lot
0: further than what the Bombers have yeah look I'd probably tend to agree to that Gracie and a lot to look forward to for those fans next year because you just don't see where the improvement's going to come from with us at the next year you know it's all they've got a bunch of young guys running around that are really showing something it's sort of I guess it's those second-tier players, that you know, like Cole Langford and even mcdonald tippen and Woody, and these guys. They just can't put in a consistent performance. Like, you'd be pretty frustrated if you're an Essendon supporter, but let's get moving through these games. And one that's become very interesting, Gracie, is the Saturday night game. Uh, where are we? here? GWS taking on Melbourne, which, you know, if the Giants had won last week, they're almost trying to fight for a top-four spot, whereas now they're actually, I guess, playing for their finals hopes. Do you think that there's a bit of, a bit of life still left in the Giants yet this year? Yeah, I think the Giants will win this
1: one, pretty, Um and I reckon they'll win comfortably. Um, Melbourne's, so I don't know what's going on with Melbourne. They're another team that's, you know, on paper, they got one of the best teams in the comp, you know, from backline to midfield. Yeah. So, um, probably, you know, maybe lucky a little bit in the forward line with a, a proper, decent key forward. But, you know, Weedeman made some strides, and, you know, Tom McDonald kicked, what, 40-odd, 50 goals out um, of last year or the year before, so... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I just don't know what it is with Melbourne they've, they've got the talent and they just they somehow don't show up and lose games that they shouldn't lose and um, I'd hate to be a Melbourne supporter to be honest I'd rather, <laughs> I'd
0: rather be an Essendon supporter than a Melbourne supporter I think yeah, That's fair enough and we've spoken about them quite a bit in previous weeks and definitely over the last couple of podcasts just about you know, they've almost turned into not the flat track bullies but they're only beating teams that are below them and they get up and about and yeah, they, they, they fill themselves with a lot of confidence I think a lot of those players you look at the way Petraka and those and that get around you know you think they were bloody on top of the ladder without having lost the game but um, oh, I actually think you might be right I reckon the Giants that's a wake up call for them last week against Adelaide whereas I think Melbourne's not, not quite a lost cause but you know, it's, a, it's a huge question mark, you know, the prelim final there the other year and here they are trying to even just make, you know, scrape into the aid and putting up performances as they are at the moment. You'd really be asking questions as a Melbourne supporter, but let's move into the Sunday games, Gracie. And the first one here, which is actually interesting and the result could be uh, quite telling for a North Melbourne supporter like me, Carlton taking on the Adelaide Crows and we've had the announcement during the week that uh, Matt Cruiser and Bryce Gibbs will be hanging up the boots. So, a nice way for possibly Bryce to go out against his old team. But, yeah, know, we've got a couple of sides here that are hopefully on the rise. How do you see this one playing
1: out? Yeah, well, if um, if Melbourne win and against Giants and Carlton win, Carlton will actually be tied for eighth spot. So, um, mm. they've still got finals. They can still technically make finals, Carlton. So, um, I think I'll back the Blues in. 50 they've been playing some pretty good footy. And, um, you know, it's disappointing or... Um, Kind of a bit sad that Cruz is finally hanging up the boots. So, um, but yeah, you know, he's been you know rigged with injuries and and stuff, mm. and he's just come to the point and realised that he's uh he just can't do it with his body anymore. So, um, but they'll they'll go out and get a you know another decent ruckman and um and and you know, challenge again next year to to book a final spot. But I think the Blues should win this one.
0: Yeah, I think I'll have to stick with you. And Adelaide has shown some good signs, but no, I think there's a lot more on the line for Carlton. So hopefully, hopefully they get up and get the win. And, and I guess, you know, see those boys out with, uh, with some, I don't know, some of the take out of the season, I suppose. But uh, let's move on to the second game here, Gracie. Hawthorne taking on the dogs. And we've talked a lot of rubbish about Hawthorne. Have they got any chance in this one? Or do you think the dogs will just continue on and push for that top eight spot?
1: No, nah, I think um, the dogs will dogs will win this one and should win easy. Um, I'm sort of quite happy that the Hawks are sitting 16th at the moment. Being <laughs> so, um, but it was quite interesting to see um, Alistair Clarkson um, sulking about something else after their game on the weekend. So he seems to have done that a lot this year instead of sort of worrying about you know how his team's playing and and where yeah. the next you know where's their next Premiership coming from. 50 I can't see it in the next. Four years, five years, to be honest. So, um, I honestly don't think Omira is going to play in the Hawks' next premiership. Um, yep. if If he'd be on his last legs as a you know early thirty-year-old type type player, but um, yeah, I just don't see where their next premiership is coming from. And you know, the doggies fits if um, if they make finals. Look out, they're going to be the, uh, the they're the team that can beat anyone. And. Um, they can obviously lose to 21 as well so yep. <laughs> uh, but now I'm uh, excited to see how the dogs um, if they win this they've pretty much um, pretty much done enough to, to solidify their final spot because they'd be up to 36 points so um if Giants lose and Melbourne win, they're a game ahead, and you know their percentage is still pretty good. So mm. uh, it would keep almost avoid them being jumped by Carlton if, if Carlton were to lose, obviously. But um, definitely, probably almost um, puts them in the finals.
0: Yep. This one, so. Yeah, it makes next week quite interesting Because the Doggies are taking on the, the, the Dockers And the Giants have St Kilda So it could be a very interesting round next week Depending on how a few of these games play out Things are really heating up in there But you would definitely expect the Dogs to sort of continue on their merry way But like I sort of saying, it is a bit um a satisfying thing on at 16th on the ladder after, you know, some of our friends have seen their teams win bloody four premierships. I mean, you've seen your team win a few, but uh, I'm sure they can have some time at the bottom of the ladder. Nothing wrong with that. But we'll push on to the last game here, Gracie, on the Sunday. Sydney taking on Brisbane. Uh, We have spoken quite highly of the Swans in recent weeks, but surely Brisbane will keep going and and push for that top spot.
1: Yeah, Brisbane obviously um, surprised me quite a bit um, against the Suns. I didn't think they'd win by that much, so... Um, I'm going to keep saying it 50 Steph Martin Is still the key for me rough Ruckman wise So um, You know He comes up against The the, the uh, If McInerney Comes up against the, the bigger guys Like a Nick Nat Or a Or a um, Lyseth Or a um, You know Even a, a Reese Stanley He's probably a bit bigger Than him um, Or a Royal Marshall Paddy Ryder Like yeah, you know, there's going to be some uh, some ruck in there in finals that we'll will test in, but yeah, Steph Martin's a big one for me. If um, he can get back, then then they're um, then they're up there. But um, like if they're, they're, I think Brisbane for mine, fifty and the Hawthorne of 2008, they're they're almost there, yeah. but it's not quite their time. So um, you know, they're gonna they're probably going to make a, a grand final in the next couple of years, and you know, they may lose it, they may win it. Um, but I think you know, they're going to have a period where they might have three to five years of they're going to be the top team. So um, they should win this and and probably um, sit them in the in the top two. I don't think they they'd probably drop out from there. But uh, yeah, it's a good game. And look, Sydney, we just you just don't know what Sydney's going to turn up. So hopefully for uh, for Jono's sake, for his Civic coach to <laughs> turn up for Jordan Dawson. So. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, no, nah, it'll be, uh, be a good game still, but Brisbane should uh, get the chocolate.
0: Yeah, no, I think I'll, I'll go with you. There's probably not really much to add to that. And offense, of course, you're the best in the game. But let's just, before we move on to the last game there on Monday, let's just look at the top. You'd say the Premier is probably going to come from the top five on the ladder. Gracie Port, Brisbane, Geelong, Richmond, West Coast. I don't think anyone below that could actually win it. Who do you think right now, that looking at the odds, is the Premiership favourite?
1: Um, I still think Richmond um, for mine, just because they've you know they've still got Shane Edwards come back in, um, yeah. even though you know, Geelong's been flying as of late. Um, oh, and you know with Gaz still to come back, it's still that uncertainty with you know Geelong's finals record. But um, I don't know, like it could be different being up in Queensland away from home. You know the warmer weather must be might be suiting the Cats. So. Um, Oh, I think Richard and Justin, and, and then probably probably Geelong, and then yeah, um, I would say probably Port Adelaide, um, and then I'd have Brisbane and West Coast probably sitting around. The, so um, I'm just I don't know West Coast. I'll probably be a bit more confident on West Coast if they come out and thump and, St Kilda in this in the game last night. So yeah, um, yeah. If they, they do come out and, and beat him quite convincingly, then. I'll be a bit more um, bit more positive on them, but at the moment they're, they're probably, yeah, they're similar, same as Brisbane, but I think Brisbane would, would beat them if they played, so.
0: Yep, no, that's a great analysis, and I'd probably have to agree with you there, and you'd reckon out of those teams, the one that would be the most disappointed to not at least make a grand final would have to be Port Adelaide, like they've been on top of the ladder this whole season, to not even make a grand final, like even to not win the grand final, you'd almost feel like it'd be a wasted season.
1: Yeah, I think so I think um, It's They're there about Like they've got You know, a great team Across the park But, you know Obviously we saw against Geelong Geelong Just took two of them With ease So um, That's always the, the lingering In their back of their mind I suppose, is That, you know A Geelong or a Richmond Even though they did beat Richmond But, you know Richmond was still missing Quite a number of their Their Best um, Best 22 So Yeah um, Yeah Yeah i think I know, Porter Porter you know just I guess flying along and then I think we'll, we'll see what they're really made of come finals um, Yeah, finals
0: time yeah completely agree to you there Gracie great analysis as always and we'll push on to the last game here on Monday September 14 and Collingwood taking on the Gold Coast Sun Collingwood is still sort of dwindling in there aren't we we can't sort of we can't sort of forget about them too much, but you, you expect them to take care of the the lowly Gold Coast Suns, who had so much promise early in the season, and seems like that went down the toilet when Matt Rowe did his shoulder.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, I'd love to forget about Collingwood. I'm sure a lot of people would, but uh, <laughs> no, I am. I'm going to tip the Gold Coast 50. I reckon they'll okay. uh, they'll finish off the year the year strong. And um, look, Collingwood will obviously get a couple of couple of guys back towards fire. I did read somewhere that apparently the AFL is going to try. Their best and absolute hardest to get still side bottom back up there. Um, okay. which yep. was, uh, obviously, Eddie McGuire has probably had a bit of a say in that one, I reckon. But um, <laughs> uh, we'll leave that conversation for another podcast. But, uh, <laughs> hit the Suns, and um, you know Collingwood like this is a must-win for them. They they lose this, and and I don't see them playing finals. They do have the better percentage out of the clubs around them, and look, the draw probably does help them. Um, especially with the old Giants, Doggies and Melbourne. But, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be tough for them to make it, in my opinion, um, next week. So they do play Port Adelaide. So, yeah, uh, you know, lose the next two and I think it might be um, season over. And a lot of pressure on Bucks, I think, even though, you know, obviously injury, injuries and stuff have hurt. But, you know, at the end of, end of the day, they were, I think they were sitting, what, top four after six rounds or something, was it fifty? Yeah, they would have been, they were pretty high, yeah. Uh, um, And they've just dropped right off, so, um, but yeah, I'm going to pick the Suns.
0: Yeah, I I reckon I might stick with you there, Grace, It might make the game more interesting to watch if we're barracking against Collingwood, but it does set up some really good matchups for next week, and really, a lot of the top eight isn't even set at this point, so it's a very close season, which does make it very interesting, but you think, and I know Collingwood, and we've spoken about this quite a bit. Yeah, you know, Collingwood's had some issues with with injuries, and obviously that brings their depth into question, which we've talked about uh, you know, to great extent on the podcast. Does it say a lot about Collingwood not being able to dominate outside of the MCG? We did have this conversation with a couple of Collingwood supporters that are soon to be related to me, uh, Matthew and James, about how many games last year they had in Melbourne. I think they had three or two or three games outside of Melbourne, which was insane. Do you think that sort of plays into into their game plan or uh, just being comfortable playing at MCG?
1: Oh, well, if you don't have to travel, you know, your your routine is set. You know, you might, you'll have, obviously, your recovery on Saturday, Sunday or Monday, whenever you play. and Then you'll have your your first training session, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday, and then you have your, your main training session Thursday sort of thing, Thursday, Friday. So it's, you know, having that set routine every week because it doesn't change because of travel, that um, that does help, and you, you know, we all know if you're in a set routine and 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 doing things right, you're you're going to be probably at your peak performance. So, uh, I think, uh, yeah, being away from home has has um, really affected them a, a fair bit, and, and you know, the depth has been tested this year. But that's where you know, <clears throat> teams like a um, you know, probably use Geelong as, as an example. You know, Zach Tui um, yeah. was played out last week, and. Zach sorry, Zach Guthrie come in and played a played a, a role and that and that's all, all we need. And you know, I think you mentioned the other week, like Jack Henry's come in, he's already played fifty games yep. but you know, he's gonna take over from Harry Taylor who's probably gonna hang up the boots at the end this year. So, you know, you, you still need those you still need to be playing some of these kids so when a Jeremy Howe goes down like he has, you've got someone there yep. that can come in and you know, you're not gonna miss Jeremy Howe and then when he's back we'll you know, just strengthens your defence even more. So I think um, that's where, you know, your teams like even Richmond are staying. Um, Port Adelaide have been pretty good at it this year as well, of bringing in players to, to do a job and, yeah, um, yep. and that. But um, it's a matter of, you know, keeping that depth. It's, it's very hard because a lot of those players want first, um, you know, they want to be playing every week. And, you know, if they get offers from other clubs, they're obviously going to go. But, you know, mm-hmm. Brisbane and the same, you know, that's probably why they're, they're up near the top like you know we set up and go down and, and because McInerney and, has been playing for a number of years and you know we haven't really seen the best of him until this year that had the opportunity to step up but he's had that experience so um, I think that's the big key is to keep playing um, kids and you know it, it might be that you say to an older, an older you know experienced player that I think you know it might be time for you to you know, this is going to be your role next year that you'll be playing um, maybe more forward and, and not much midfield or you might only play half yeah. the season because we need to start you know getting the kids through like they're the conversations that the successful clubs have and that's why they're still up
0: top. So. It's, you know, it's a very interesting point. It's nearly just come to me now, Gracie, and I'll pick your brain on this just a little bit more before we wrap up. But it's a very good point when you look at the, the depth of those top teams. And even Geelong have been successful over the years. That was one thing. You, you mentioned Jack Henry that I was incredibly impressed with, and I had a hope that North Melbourne had brought a similar strategy. Like he was essentially thrown in the deep end in his debut season. He's played his 50, 60 odd games or whatever now, and he's ready to take over from Harry Taylor. But if you look at the flip side of that and you look at teams who have traditionally used like, you know, top-up players and mature-age players, Hawthorne, Sydney, and even to some extent Fremantle, you you need to look at the hole that they're in now. You know I mean? And I think that might be what's happened definitely with Hawthorne this year. You know, like you've said it before, they go out and get O'Meara, they go out and get Wingard, even Tom Mitchell, even though he has one of Brownlow there. But they're not developing the next lot of guys. And that's often, you know, a bit of a super coach thing, isn't it? Because Klayko never plays the kids. You know, they they brought Damon Greaves in on the weekend. I think he scored 90-odd. He looked unreal in the back line. You know, why hasn't he been playing all season? You know, Will Day's another one. He's had a fantastic year. But you go back over the previous seasons, you know, James Cousins barely gets a go. Uh, you know, it took Walpole a little while to sort of break into the team. So it does yeah. sort of make a, make a big statement, doesn't it? When they're prepared to play the kids and stick with them, you know, it can obviously, it can obviously lead to success at the right time.
1: Yeah, well, it's like, and, you know, but you look at this. So when uh, Gunston hangs up the boots, Bruce hangs up the boots. Like who? You know, obviously they, they brought in Patton, and, and Patton, as we know, is is just struggling with injuries. The poor guy. That you know, who's their next guy that's going to kick him fifty goals to get him into a top four or to a grand final um, sort of sort of spot. Like you know, obviously Geelong's got Hawkins at the moment, but you know we've got Radagalia, who's. Uh, Who's coming through nicely? And, you know, Radically is only 21 years old still, so he's still mm. young. You does need to learn, but Radically is getting games, and and um, he's been brought back into the side this week to play against Richmond. So, you know, they're they're giving games to these guys. That when you know these older guys do retire, that we've got the next um, the next lot that can step in, and 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 that's why you see you know Sydney were up there for so long, and and Sydney have probably done held on to. You know, maybe a Kennedy and a Parker for a little too long 50 and, and that's yep, why they got yep. it sort of dropped down. I know Buddy being injured all year hasn't helped, but, you know, that's another one like Buddy's. They've probably relied a lot on Buddy and, and him helping them be successful, That you know, they haven't got that next sort of key forward. Um, you know, they've got a lot of exciting young midfielders and, and wingmen and half-forwards coming through, but no sort of key forwards. So, it's uh, yeah, it's, it seems to be the trend that, you know, you've got to be developing mm. you do kids and Brisbane's done it as well, Fitzy with Barry and um, McCluggage and, you know, even Cam Rayner. like how bad was Cam yeah. Rainer in his first couple of seasons? Like, you know, we were, we'd question why he was getting a game and now he's, you know, that half four that every team wants because he's, you know, he attacks the ball hard and he kicks his two goals a game and has his 15 yeah. touches. So, you know, he'll eventually develop to go into the midfield when you know, some of the older guys um, pull the pin, but, you know, that's that's why some of these teams are at the top and yep. others are at the bottom.
0: So, Yeah, that's an unreal analysis. And Brisbane, even like, uh, you know, Brandon Stasevich this year, he's had games where he's had seven touches, five touches, four touches, you know, eight, nine. And they've kept him in the team the whole year. In two years' time, he's going to be probably one of the best medium-sized defenders in the league. You know, yeah, they've backed him in, they've given him that exposure. How else do you get better at something than by doing it, you know? So, it's very interesting. And you, you quickly run through the list of Hawthorne players and you've got Mitch Lewis, who's shown nothing since he's been there. Tim O'Brien's still on their list somehow. You know, Sam Frost was a sort of a top-up player almost coming across. Tom Scully, another one. Pretty Like, why would they spend money to get Tom Scully across? He had that ankle issue. He's already in his mid sort of late twenties when they could have been playing all these other rookies I'm looking at, Dylan Moore, Josh Morris, all these guys I've never even heard of. They've really dug themselves a the hole, haven't they? Yeah, oh for sure, for sure. And
1: look I love it being a Geelong supporter, but um <laughs> you know,
0: yeah, it's
1: it's insane, you know, people probably said the same thing when when Geelong started to, to die off when all the, the um Premiership stars started started leaving and you know, teams were beating Geelong so um, and same with Collingwood. Every, every time Collingwood are up and about, and then they sort of drop off as well. So, and it's the same. You know, we we saw Hawthorne drop so many years that yeah, you know, yeah. You're, you're excited to, I guess, see it as a as an opposition supporter. But I think um, some clubs are some clubs are just you know missing out on a on a vital piece, and that's just keep playing the kids when you can as much as you can, and yeah. it's going to keep you thereabouts. If you might drop to a. I think Geelong missed the finals once, one year. I think they finished ninth or tenth, but that was because obviously they were they were bringing in these kids, and then you know you look now where where you know as a premiership favourite, um, you know we're still a lot of the a lot of the stars to to that could win another flag like a Selwood or an Ablett and you know Harry Taylor and that. So, but um, but yeah, there's a I guess there's a model there for all these other clubs to to, to look at and. and um, and you, you, I'm a bit surprised that some haven't done it already when you look at it.
0: So, but. Yeah, definitely, and I love your insight there, Grace, and hopefully North Melbourne takes that sort of into account, but if there are any AFL clubs out there listening, this man would be an excellent list manager or maybe a footy boss, Grace, you would be up for a career <laughs> shift, wouldn't you? Oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah of course,
0: it uh, <laughs> pays well, of course. <laughs> of course it would Yeah, you're the best in the business That's why we love him at Grey Wolf Footy And of course you can check out our entire catalogue of podcasts And Gracie, our latest Grey Wolf Unsolved Was an absolute ripper Based on the House of Terror uh, Unsolved Mysteries episode If you haven't caught that one Get on the website and get amongst it We've got some plenty happening over there And of course we'll hear your lovely voice at the end of this round Gracie, I'm looking forward to it And hopefully the draw will get up for you And can start pushing for that top two spot
1: yeah, fingers crossed! I'm uh, excited about uh, about tonight's game. We'll uh, we'll see uh, see what the result is at the end of the round. eh? absolutely! Thank Thanks. you for your time, and we'll see everybody next
0: week. Catch you guys. This has been another presentation from the Grey Wolf Entertainment Network, GreyWolfEntertainment.net.